Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up on this championship Sunday edition of TC Live, three big trophies up for grabs. We'll tell you who took the titles and what it means. Plus, it's what you've been waiting for all week. Our producers have compiled the best of the best shots from an incredible week of tennis. And we continue to celebrate Black History Month by looking at the history and impact of HBCUs. You don't want to miss it. Come on into our studio, Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman alongside Prakash Amitraj. And we've got Tay-Tay on TC Live. Back in the house, Taylor Townsend, two titles on the year. Yeah. First time the three of us have done the show together. And your first TC Live of the year, it is great to have you back. I mean, we're just giving the people what they want here at Tennis <laughs> Channel, aren't we? Did I'm you, so excited. I, I've, I've been looking forward to this. Last time we were on camera together at the U.S. Open, No Limit. You can look up that episode. Taylor's was one of the best out there. <laughs> he gave me a lot of grief on camera. Yeah. So ho hopefully he won't take me apart too badly on this show. <laughs> I mean, I'm just excited that Prakash has a shirt that's not a medium, medium. Okay. Medium smile. I'm out of here. It, it is. It's just underneath the jacket, exactly. so you can't see. You can't okay. see the guns right now. Okay. But you he's, know, he's shredding right now. It's not bulking season. <laughs> <laughs> we barely started the show. She's already kicking me while I'm down. Speaking of bulking, how about title number five for Taylor Fritz? Took three sets today. Won that first set in a bagel, Taylor, lost the second, and then was able to close it out. What did you make of his performance? I mean, we talked about how tough it is to win a 6-0 set. I mean, it's never really easy, especially against an opponent like Miramar Kecmanovic, who is so good, playing some great tennis. But ultimately, Taylor Fritz is just in form. He is really on point. He knows his game. He is so confident in his ability to execute in the big moments, and I think that's what showed today. I love the timing of the way Taylor's bringing his game together. Look, he started off so hot at the beginning of the year, won a ton of matches in the offseason and exhibitions as well. Didn't have the kind of Australia that he would have wanted and then lost a little bit earlier than he would have liked for his standards in Dallas. Semifinals over there, rounding into form right before the guy's got a couple of points to defend and Indian yeah. Wells coming up, and that's what the best players do. They come into form at the right time. And this will get him into the top five in the world for the first time in his career. February 27th, when the rankings come out, Taylor Fritz going to be number five in the world. We haven't had a top five American man since Andy Roddick, Taylor Townsend. That's crazy, but congratulations to my fellow Taylor. I mean, it's honestly been so amazing just to watch the ascension of all these American players. But just to be able to see the consistency, to not only know that you can make it and that you can win those big matches, but that you can do it week in and week out and solidify themselves at the top of the game it's just oh it just gives me goosebumps i'm just so happy for everybody but congratulations to taylor fritz top five it was a high quality match to be able to get over the hump and get into the top five also taylor's talked about his goals he, you know after he 
was outside of the top 10. He said, you know, I'm just focused on the top 10 first. Win your first Masters 1000. Now it's top five. So I want to see how he keeps adjusting it. I'm sure he has a grand slam on the horizon, maybe the top three in his mind. He's very goal-oriented, which is great. But going back to this match, Kachmanovic really pushed him. And it's just so difficult, especially in a final, to be able to come back in the third set after you have championship point in that second set. Kind of made a bit of a loose mm -hmm. error on the forehand side. And, and Weissman, we talked about it in the, in the uh, green room before. He's got a bit of a superstition thing. Yeah. When you win that first set, six love, he said, you just can't win the second set. There's no way you can win the second set. The six love jinx. Uh, he always said, we talked about it at Indian Wells a couple of years ago. He's like, don't win set six love. You're going to lose the next set. You were right there. You had the match point. But you know what? Now the jinx is still intact. He's going to come off and say, you still can't win a six love set. But so much credit to him mentally to be able to regroup in that third set. Awesome stuff. This is his fourth straight final, Taylor, that he has come through and won the title. What makes him such a good closer? I'm just going to say, I think it's the serve. I think his serve just gives him the ability to be able to close out and be confident that he's going to be able to put pressure on his opponent to serve it out. His serve is just so good, mm -hmm. is able to hit aces from anywhere in the court at any time. I mean, I've seen him hit like the inside the, out. Yeah, the like, reverse. Yeah. yeah, so it just shows how loose he is and his ability to know, like, I got it in the bag on my service games. I can add additional pressure to my opponents on their service games. And with the return, I mean, his backhand is so good. And it's just a weapon. He's got one of the best backhands, the cleanest backhands in the game. And now he has so much confidence in his forehand and that now it's a weapon. He's able to rely on it and hit big winners at big moments in the, in the match. He also keeps it really simple. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of players out there. Grigor Dimitrov's one that comes to mind because he's, he's so talented. He has so many different options out there. Kind of overthinks things a little bit and gets into a bit of a tough spot. Taylor keeps it nice and simple. Yeah. He's going to pop that first serve, yeah. rip that forehand, and, and just not get too much into his own head. We will have more from Delray Beach coming up later in the show. We will hear from Taylor Fritz winning his fifth career title. But first, let's go to Rotterdam. Final earlier today, Daniil Medvedev, Yannick Sinner. The Russian comes in with a perfect 4-0 record against Sinner. Both players have only dropped two matches this year. And the former world number one, Medvedev, more than double the career titles, nearly four times the prize money of Sinner. But Sinner coming in with tons of confidence. He won last week in Montpellier had a different game plan against Medvedev Prakash coming to net 17 times in the first set. Well, it's crazy to think that both these players are battling to get back into the top 10 because that's certainly where they believe. And I love the fact that Sinner was pressing the issue here. Defense from Medvedev just a little bit too good there. So Sinner loses that break. But here, towards the business end of the first set, still finds the ability to keep the pressure on, finds his way to the net. Next point right here, right after that, still right up on that baseline, keeping the pressure on, finding his way into the net again, forehand a little bit too big for Medvedev to control, takes that first set. But Leslie, we know the defensive octopus is not going anywhere, and he was an animal here in this second set, finding his own angles, creating a bunch of power on that forehand, and I just love the way he finishes over the sidelines. He's so masterful with not just power, but with control, really opens up the court well, finishes off with a monstrous one two punch, big first serve, big forehand, and off to a third set we go. That second set really set the tone for this third set. Medvedev coming out really strong here early, great defense. Center trying to keep the pressure on, but Medvedev just getting to so many balls that gets in your head. And then all of a sudden, errors creep into your game. You can see Sinner healing over. That was a 27-shot rally that Medvedev got the better off. And then as he says, rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, he is. 16th career title. Daniil Medvedev getting himself back inside the top 10 players in the world where that man belongs. Let's hear from him. 
yesterday uh, my wife told me that uh, when I was giving the speech on the court, uh, she, um, she put my daughter, who is uh, four months uh, old, uh, in front of the TV and she started smiling and laughing. So maybe she's doing that. I hope she's doing this uh, now also. <laughs> Big win for Daniil Medvedev, title number 16. That matches the total of Stan Wawrinka, Richard Gasquet, and John Isner. I mean, elite status there. What impressed you most with how Medvedev came through today? I mean, I had the pleasure of being able to call some of Medvedev's matches and just his ability to just play better and better as the week goes on. His baseline game is the best in the world. I mean, he's been number one. He's won Grand Slam. So we already know what a great player he is. But the ability for him to be able to kind of teeter between the defense and then knowing when to turn it on and become a little bit more offensive, I think that's really what makes his game click. His ability, he already knows he can stay in the rallies. He can extend the rallies for days and days and days. We all know that. The fitness is ridiculous. The lungs are crazy. The legs never get tired, right? But when he takes the chances and the risk to be able to finish the points inside of the lines, I think that that is where he's mm. so dominant, and I think that's what he did against center today. This was a big match. I mean, look, Daniel's been through a lot over the last year. There's been a lot of stuff going on off the court, which he's had to manage as well, not being able to play certain tournaments and so forth. And it's just been very challenging, I think. So for him to be able to start finding his best form again, it's, it's something that's wonderful to see. He's certainly a top five, if not top three player. He's been to a few Grand Slam finals, beat Novak in the final of the U.S. Open. So that's where his game belongs. But here's a great example of why he's so good. Sinner is not only coming in playing such high confident tennis, but I think he's improved his game also, really applying a lot more pace and pressure, playing a little bit more big boy tennis than we've even used to seeing Sinner seeing. And that defense, that offense, that serve, mixing it all together, this is why the guy's so tough. When it comes to hard courts, maybe only Novak Djokovic better. 15 hardcore titles, all at different venues, including, of course, as you mentioned, Prakash, the U.S. Open. To Argentina we go. First tour-level final of the year that includes both top two seeds, Carlos Alcaraz facing Cam Norrie. First tournament of the year for Alcaraz Taylor. No rust at all. Absolutely not. I mean, it has to be nice for you to be able to come into the first tournament of the season playing some great ball, and Carlos Alcaraz's level has just increased moment after moment match after match. Carlos Alcaraz, the one thing I was a little bit worried about was how he was going to be able to continue to maintain the movement and the serving on clay. It's so physical. The points are long. But you see, he has just gotten his shot tolerance up, which is what clay does. It extends the rallies, it extends the points, and it forces you to have to play those long points. But Alcaraz finding his form, especially with the movement, and that is a staple of Alcaraz's game. Throwing in some kind of easy, un Force errors, but ultimately finding the rhythm, getting inside of the lines, hitting those Carlos Alcaraz type of shots. So flip cross, love that. But I really was impressed with how motivated he was. I mean, Alcaraz is always so intense, but what a way to finish this match, but just how much it meant to him. And you could see that every time he walks out on the court, he expects to win. What a great performance from him. After four months off, Carlitos finds his way back to lifting another trophy. Now seven titles at age 19. Take a listen to the eighth men's teenager to win seven titles. All but one of the other guys are Hall of Famers. We got Borg, <laughs> Vlander, Becker, Agassi, Hewitt, Nadal, and Andre Medvedev. That's impressive stuff. What a group. I mean, look, he's, 
he's so electric to watch, especially in person. He's just got this infectious personality. He looks like there's no other place in the world that he would rather be than competing on a tennis court, whether he's winning, whether he's losing. One of his opponents earlier this week had, had one of our hot shots of the day, and the reaction from Carlos was a pure smile on his face. He truly loves the game. He truly loves competing, and I think that's one of the reasons for his great success. And, and for all of us, what a gift. I mean, this guy could be a Hall of Famer. From a player's perspective, Taylor, how tough is it when you've been off, haven't played a competitive match for four months, mm -hmm. to win the tournament? I mean... I think I can speak on that for sure. I mean, it's never easy, but to win your first tournament coming back, I mean, that is so impressive. And I kind of understand the reason why Alcaraz decided to play on clay. It extends the rallies. It forces you to have to hit a ton of balls, which is what you need when you haven't been on court in a long time. You can train and train all you want to, but the match fitness, the adrenaline, the emotions, all of those things, you have to get into those moments in order to be able to cope. And so Carlos Alcaraz being able to play on clay, get those matches, get those ball reps, and then playing higher-level players each match, I think it was a challenge, but ultimately it was what he needed. And now it's going to be interesting to see how he transitions from the clay to the hard courts for Indian Wells in Miami and going forward. Yeah, we'll see him in Rio, uh, so, some more clay during the Golden Swing, and then back to Indian Wells. He had so much success through Miami of last year and, of course, the entire year. But week seven, busy week, big names, big tournaments. Let's look at it. Iga Sviantek lost just five games on her way to the title in Doha. Alcaraz, Fritz, and Medvedev as well. Prakash, what was the most meaningful win out of these 40 things? Uh, it's probably a close call between uh, Alcaraz and Medvedev. I mean, look, coming off an injury, you don't really know how your body's going to react. So picking up a title right away, huge signs. And Medvedev, listen, he, do, he does not belong outside the top ten. So I think this was huge for him to get back in there, make sure he's at least seated in the top eight for the 1,000s and then the upcoming French Open. Have you seen something dominant like Iga did in Doha, Taylor? I mean, I had the pleasure of being able to call some of her matches as well. And honestly, I was in the booth with my jaw just on the ground. <laughs> so it was just like, what's happening? Like, but the conditions in Doha were so difficult. Every day it was windy. I mean, gusting, swirling mm -hmm. winds. And that was just what was so impressive about Iga. She just managed the conditions and played smart tennis the best in, those type of in that type of environment. It's not easy for anybody. I mean, you hit a ball down the middle and it goes into the alley. So it's just mentally, I think she just handled it the best out of all the players throughout the draw, and, and it shows with the score lines. Congratulations to all the winners this week. So seven weeks in the books. Let's get some quick hands questions in there for <laughs> Taylor and Prakash. We're good at the net. Do you so, want to volley volley uh, with me? Come on. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got our mixed doubles team here. Uh, all right, same time last year. Th this is when Iga Sviantek started her 37-match win streak. It was in Doha. When and where do you think Iga loses next, Taylor? The only place that I see is, like, somewhere on grass. That's the so only kind of... Not like, until Wimbledon or something no, like that. No, I, I think that she's... Especially with how she played in Doha and just the performance and how dominating she was. The only, the only way I can see is on grass and wow. just because the, the game doesn't really suit grass courts, doesn't really like to take the hand off, doesn't really like to slice. So that's the only way. And, and that was when she lost against Cornet at Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. So... We'll see. I, I think she's going to have a loss. Uh, I think she's going to win the French, by the way. I think she's going to have a loss before that somewhere. 
And I, I think it's going to have to do with something with Iga. Because, look, we all know that as tennis players, you've got to not only manage what's going on on the court, you got to manage what's going on off the court. And, look, we're all humans. You've got personal relationships. You've got business. You've got all sorts of stuff that's going on. And managing all of that is not easy, especially when you're at the top of the game. So perhaps some distractions there might cause a loss because on the court, it doesn't seem like anyone can touch her right now. Certainly reasserted herself as number one without a doubt in the world. All right, Taylor Fritz, we just said he's going to go up to number five in the world February 27th. Prakash, how high can he go and will he finish this year as the American men's number one? I think he can move up even higher because, look, he's proved to us that he can win a 1,000-level event. And, and albeit they both weren't 100% health-wise, Rafa or Taylor, in the final of Indian Wells. But as we saw, especially in that Netflix documentary, Taylor was, Taylor was really going through it. He wasn't even going to play. And to be able to have the heart to come out and win, we know he's got it in him to win those big matches. He's been close to the end of Wimbledon as well. So he's got a shot at all of the big tournaments. I think he can go even higher. And just given where everyone is, I think he finishes as the highest-ranked American this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't really see anyone coming close to Taylor in terms of the consistency level that he's displaying right now. He's just solidifying himself every day, week to week. He shows up for practice. He shows up for matches. And the level is consistent and it's high. He has an expectation for himself. And I think that that is what is allowing him to be so successful. His ability to require himself to show up every day, give his best, and ultimately he knows what he can do. And, and I think that we're seeing it now after winning Indian Wells. The guy really hasn't looked back since, and, and it's it's been on a roll. Well, the next step, winning a Grand Slam singles title. And the next question, Taylor, which ATP and WTA player is your top candidate to get their first major this year? So... You didn't tell me I'm going to have to do the ATP. Come on. <laughs> go, go, go WTA. Go okay. WTA. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Jess. Okay. Just because Jess Pagula, I just think that she has been so consistent and really just the level that she's playing at week in and week out. She's made Grand Slam semifinals. She knows what it takes. She beat Iga Sviatek in the United Cup 6-2, 6-2 in an hour and 11 minutes. So she knows what it takes to beat the best players in the world. I just think it all has to come together. It has come together in the slams, has been final eight several times yep. so it doesn't really take that much for her to get over those next humps all right go atp style okay uh atp style i've said it since since last year and the guy hasn't gotten me completely over the hump yet <laughs> but but he's getting there he's knocking on the door all the time and that is stefanos tichipas okay the guy's been to uh, multiple grand slam finals now he has a lot of experience under his belt and to be able to cross that threshold you need a little bit of pain. Yeah. And he got that from that French Open final where he was up two sets of love. He got that from the Australian Open final this year. I think he's using it in the right manner, and he just looks a lot more mature. Yeah. And he's a threat on any surface. So uh, looking for Steph to put one up for all Greece. Tsitsipas right. and Pagula, all eyes on the two of you. Prakash, at this moment, who is your favorite, most exciting player to watch? We just saw him earlier in the event, and that's Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, regardless of where he's ranked, he, he's one of those guys that I, I just kind of want to be around. He gives you that feeling that anything is impossible. He's got that infectious smile and energy and personality. So for me, it's, it's not even about the tennis. It's just being a, around one of those special athletes that make you feel like impossible is nothing. We see that occasionally in a various, in variety of other sports, and Carlos is one of those guys. So he's my guy. Nice. That's a good pick. I think... Um... I mean, it's tough for me because I'm not very social, you guys. I don't talk to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you've, been watching, you've been watching tennis all week, right? I know, so who's I your know. favorite player to watch? Um, 
I really enjoyed Iga. I, I, it's been so interesting, but because for me, I'm looking at different players in a different way now. It's not so much about their game styles, but it's their execution. How are they able to handle the moments? How are they able to really give their best? And I really, really enjoyed watching Iga just because of what she accomplished last year. It was absolutely amazing. And so for her to come out so focused and disciplined and be able to remove all of the distractions, like you talked about, the things that are possible that can get in your mind, to get rid of that and just to play tennis, I think that is just so admirable, and I really uh, look up to her for that. All right. Uh, finally, most frustrating player to compete against, Taylor. I say me. <laughs> I say me. You no, know what? Nobody likes all that pressure. I mean, a, you little, know? a little lefty net. A little lefty serving volleys, tough. A little sauce up there at the net. <laughs> I mean, how many players really attack the net as much as you do? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not many, but I mean, I could definitely say the, one of the more frustrating players has to be someone like Yelena Ostapenko, just because the power that she possesses and how difficult it is for you to get a rhythm. You just don't know. I mean, her ability to be able to just smack winners from anywhere in the court so frequently. You never know what's going to come, and then errors can come. So you really have to be focused and in tune with what you're doing, and you can't really worry about what's happening on the other side. And I saw Jessica Pagula kind of get over that in Doha. She was down match points and just stayed solid, stayed steady, got another ball back, and then was able to eventually get the win. Tough, tough when somebody's arguing electronic line calling every point as well. <laughs> that could be a little frustrating. <laughs> maybe. maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, a little, little bit. That's hilarious. Uh, Prakash, who you got? Um, you know what? You, you picked uh, on the women's side, so I'll pick on the men's side. I'm going to go with a couple, actually. Okay. I'm going to go with Maxime Cressy and Jensen Brooksby. Yeah. I mean, Maxime Cressy, he, he's tall totally as a different. skyscraper. He's just dropping heat, gives you absolutely no rhythm. Yeah. He's at the net half the time, and then next thing you know, he's, you're in a breaker with the guy when yep. you have absolutely no rhythm. That's got to be sensationally <laughs> annoying to play against. And, uh, and Jensen Brooksby, too. He's got such a high tennis IQ. Doesn't exactly have the most uh, classic strokes, yeah. you would say. But all of a sudden, you find yourself, this guy's two-handed slicing his backhand and his volley. All of a sudden, you're down a set and a break. So, you know, that's got to be tough to go against because when he finds something, too, he, he, he pinpoints it and, uh, and sticks with it. Yeah. Tough competitor. Bonus crispiest on tour? Obviously me, but yeah. come on. <laughs> Wait, I just wanted you to say yourself for multiple questions. That's, that's what we're bringing here on TC Live with, with, with Tay today. <laughs> Much more still to come. More highlights. We will hear from Taylor Fritz, what he had to say about winning in Delray Beach. And well, coming up next, Taylor takes us through our Black History Month celebration. Today, we focus on the impact of HBCUs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Historically, black colleges and universities have played a critical role in the advancement 
of African-American life. Established in an era where black Americans weren't permitted to attend the same schools as their white counterparts, these institutions fostered both academic success and a sense of community, and they've served a similarly vital role in the tennis world. HBCUs helped nurture black tennis through the painful heart of segregation. From 1927 to 1968, an HBCU hosted all but six of the American Tennis Association national tournaments. At campuses like Bethune-Cookman University, Hampton University, South Carolina State University, and West Virginia State University, the ATA was able to grow and reach African-American players on a larger scale. These institutions were the home of student athletes like Althea Gibson, Margaret and Matilda Rumania Peters, Nathaniel and Franklin Jackson, Jimmy McDaniel, and George Stewart. In recent years, the Florida A&M University's men's team has become a major force on the collegiate tennis scene. Under the direction of Dr. Carl Goodman, in 2000, FAMU became the first all-black tennis team to land in the top 30 in the country. Goodman's tenure produced alumni like Pro Tour coaches Zach Evenden and Kamal Murray. Today, 38 HBCUs in the U.S. are home to tennis programs. To help overcome these programs' funding and resource challenges, the USCA has established the David N. Dinkins HBCU Coaching Grant. This support is aimed at enhancing a wealth of opportunities for players of color, specifically women with the potential to become coaches and help grow the game. Established out of necessity, playing a vital role in African-American life, historically black colleges and universities continue to serve in dynamic ways. The vibrancy of tennis on these campuses is a powerful example of the impact they will continue to have in the future. Thank you, Taylor. Francis Tiafo promoted investing in HBCUs last year at the City Open. All of our Black History Month features available at TennisChannel.com. Our celebration continues all week here on TC Live and all month on Tennis Channel. Still to come, it is the highly anticipated, often imitated, and never duplicated best of the best from a wild week of tennis. Will this take the top spot? Taylor Prakash, Steve, back on TC Live. And Taylor Fritz, the king of Delray Beach, at 10 aces, only dropped two points on his first serve. A 6-love, 5-7, win over Miamir Ketsmanovic for his fifth career title. Let's hear from him. This year was, uh, was incredible after losing in the first and second round every single year I've been here. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be... Uh, couldn't be happier with coming back and having this result, so thank you, everybody. So what does this mean for Taylor Fritz? What a year he is having, led the U.S. to the United Cup title semifinals in Dallas and then backs that up with the title in Delray Beach. Fourth straight final that he has come out with the trophy, and he will move up to a career-high number five in the world come February 27th. It's time to reconnect with Tennis Paradise in Southern California. Iga Sviantec is the Indian Wells champion. Oh, wow. A career 
defining moments for Taylor Fritz, who comes of age here in Indian Wells. Every day, 1 p.m. Eastern, here is the upcoming schedule. We've got five events next week. The ladies' first 1,000-level event actually started today in Dubai. We're in Acapulco, Dubai for the men the next week. Austin, Monterey, Taylor Townsend going to be in Austin, Texas. And then we are in Indian Wells and Miami. Your exclusive coverage right here on Tennis Channel. Speaking of Dubai, mentioned it's the first WTA 1000 event of the year. Madison Keys in action facing the qualifier Jasmine Paulini, Prakash. Well, I don't know if she can open up a bakery just yet, but serving up a couple break six is a good start. Start got off to a, a brilliant start here, just in, in complete rhythm all the way through. You can see even her big winners here, very big targets, not even close to being able to make unforced errors. And that's when Maddie's playing her best. She's in position, moving her opponent around the court, and not making the targets too small. Also served exceptionally well, five aces for nearly 70% of her first serve points. On point today. On point. You talk about 6-1, 6-1, just an hour of work for Maddie Keys. Uh, that was in contrast to this match. Paolo Bonoso looking for her first win against Ludmila Sansonova. They were playing for hours, Taylor. Paula Bedosa has been struggling this year, struggling with a little bit of injuries, had to pull out of the Australian Open, played last week in Doha, lost a tough match against Haddad Maya, but Samsonova is such a tough player. She is so electric, coming off of a final in Abu Dhabi. But look at the power off of those ground strokes, and Samsonova is such a great mover, but really is able to get inside the lines. But Bedosa really just struggling, but she has to she has to be happy about this match. She hasn't really played very many matches, but to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with someone who just made a final, she'll feel good about that, so congrats to Samsonova. Longest match of the season in the WTA, three hours and 22 minutes. Other results today, Layla Fernandez coming through in straight sets. Amanda Anasimova wins. Sophia Kennan does not. And Danielle Collins going out to the teenager, Linda Frubertova. What's trending on social media today? Well, the tournament in Mets putting out this question. Who's got the most beautiful backhand on tour? They gave us some options, Prakash. Uh, all four of them have one-handers. What do you think of this? Well, look at that. You can, you can tell one thing. When you got a pretty one-handed backhand, you need to have that complete, wide, reversed, peck fly finish at, at the end of it. I look, you, you could go a tough call between all these, but I also just want to point out none of these guys, had, their backhand has been mentioned in a rap song. Venus's backhand has. So just a little little something to consider because you're talking about beautiful backhands. What's the lyric? About the men here. You know? Yeah, what's the lyric? Uh, uh, something, uh, something backhand like Venus's. <laughs> it, was, it was a G-Unit song. Right? It was like 2004. Okay. I think it was Lloyd Banks who said it. You get a pass just because you know the name. <laughs> what, what do you think, Taylor? Who, who's got the most beautiful backhand in the game? I mean, these are all picturesque, but I'm going to have to say... Probably Varenka. I just he's just such an OG and like I've always really just enjoyed his watching his backhand and the way that he's able to just produce such effortless power. You know, sometimes people have to work really hard to get that type of power, but he's just able to do whatever he wants and I think that it's it's just so beautiful to see. But I mean it's sad that we don't have Federer up here, but 
hands because he's my ultimate. And no two-handers. Are, are, are two-handed backhands just not good looking? I mean, probably not. Not like, not like this. I mean, this looks like it should be on top of a Bentley. That would make a great look. Right? Honorable mention, though, I'll go with Musetti because okay. he's just got a little mm. bit more of that little flick at the end. He's got it's a little very, sauce. You know, just fancy. It's yeah. very, it's very, you know, it's like he's gonna take his pocket square and just do something with it. I like that. I like yeah. that. Some marinara sauce. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. Uh, we saw Big Fo playing in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. Jimmy Butler was not in the game, so he actually took the time to go down to Argentina and watch Carlos Alcaraz play tennis for couch. How cool is this? I, I love it. Buckets is a huge, huge tennis fan, and we got the, the chance to chat with him at the TC desk last year in Miami, and he just said, I just love to surround myself with greats because you're able to just learn and have them sort of seep in into you. So I love this relationship. They both got great, great energy. I wonder if Carlos had any of his, uh, his blackface, his coffee. No, but... None of them made a shot, so that's very concerning. So not it's concerning for Jimmy. Well, more so for Jimmy. So I'm just going to point that out, and then I'm, I'm done with it, I promise. <laughs> lo lo love that the Jimmy is a huge tennis fan, though. Good friends with uh, Zverev. We'll probably see him in, in Miami uh, as well in a few weeks. Uh, speaking of the Sunshine Double, Indian Wells always brings out some great doubles combination singles players playing doubles. You see some cool combos here, Prakash. How about Casper uh, Rude, Dominic Team, Felix Ojeali-Asim, Seb Porter? What do you like, Prakash? Uh, Rune, Shelton. I think they're gonna they're gonna cause a little bit of uh, ruckus over there. Might be one of those doubles matches where you might not be on the top two stadiums, but those outside stadiums at Indian Wells, they get noisy, especially <laughs> later in the day. You got a couple of those drinks flowing mm -hmm. around. Could be one of those uh, exciting 5 p.m. matches. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going down in the desert, you guys. Look at these mashups. But it has to be really aggravating, too, because all the singles players decide to play at this tournament because it's just so great. They want to be there as long as possible. But, I mean, just absolutely such a treat for the spectators, singles and doubles, throughout the course of those two weeks. You can talk about beautiful backhands. You got OJ Aliassim playing with Corda. There's two beautiful oh, two-handed yeah. backhands. That's right. That's right. And, and speaking of singles players playing doubles, Taylor Townsend. Who are you playing doubles with at Indian Wells? I'm playing with my girl, Layla Fernandez. Yeah! All right, I like that combo. Hopefully she'll give me a bottle of maple syrup. I'm going to give her a <laughs> bottle of orange juice, and we're going to be good to go. Two lefties is going to be nasty. Yeah. Team Taylay. Is that going to be our name? Team Taylay? Do we like it? I don't know. I don't know how Late to do it. You can't just throw that stuff on me. Okay? Her, her secretary will get back to you. No, no. That's all me. That's all, <laughs> all right. Well, you've got options. We let the people choose. See if Layla wants uh, Leite or Tay-Lay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's where we're going. Best of the best. Coming up next. Don't go anywhere. TC Live, it's what you've been waiting for all week, all day, for all your life, really. Best of the best for tournaments, for continents. We start at number five, Prakash. Hugo Delian, near court, taking on Tomas Echeverry. First round, Buenos Aires. Now, this is exactly how you should play clay court tennis. Using every aspect of the court and know you are not out of the point, Hugo somehow finds a way outside the alley to get over there, dig that backhand up the line, gives him a little gladiator salute to the crowd. Are you not entertained, Delian? Brilliant footwork. Look at that. Outside leg pushes off of it, uses the same leg to control into the slice. Brilliant racket work. It's a good-looking one-handed backhand right there. All right, Taylor, Yannick Sinner, near court against Stefano Tsitsipas, second round in Rotterdam. 
this was such an exciting match to watch. Prakash, talk a little bit about the pressure that Yannick Center was applying from the ground, seeing a little bit of intangibles here, but ultimately, Stefano Sissipas really impressing me with his hands, but just look at this skiing background. He's able to just stay so balanced in a slide, backhand, inside, out, winner. But what a get right here. Another great flick, but just watch how on balance he is. Slides into that shot, really uses that outside leg, loads up on it, just too good. All right, Prakash, Nico Mahu near court, teaming up with Grigor Dimitrov, doubles action. Look at this, after a marvelous backhand from Dimitrov, Nico Mahu's expert in doubles, showing off these brilliant skills, and poor Tim Foots at the net gets a little bit of the Eddie Murphy and coming to America action in the face. <laughs> Love that. Between the legs. No need to apologize for that. <laughs> that smile did not apologize to anyone. At number two, Rigor Dimitrov taking on Alex Dimonor quarterfinals in Rotterdam. This is match point, Taylor. I mean, how good is this? Rigor Dimitrov just so good at covering the court. A little, another slide. I mean, what is this? How are these guys doing this? He couldn't believe it, but there was automatic line calling here in Rotterdam. No call, which means that it was in, and he could not believe it. But look at this get. Alex Dimonor, one of the best movers, so quick and agile on tour, but not good enough, not quick enough for Grigor Dimitrov. Athleticism next level for G Money. But at number one, Zhang Qin Wen. This is why we call her Queen Wen, Prakash. I mean, she did just about everything here in this court. Brilliant defense, shows some marvelous footwork to get to that drop shot, goes over her head, watches the ball all the way through, finds a tweener up the line, and a gorgeous smile to finish things out. You can tell how much she's loving being out there, but check this out. As it goes over her head, keeps her eye on the ball, runs through it, doesn't stop one of the keys to a good tweener. Shot of the week, best of the best. Chin Wen, that's impressive. Honestly, I think I should try it in my pumps. Yes. <laughs> well, then you would get the best of the best. If you do it in heels, it takes it to another level. Uh, this is what we have for you next week. The ladies in Dubai already in action today. Nine of the top ten in the world are in Dubai. The men playing a 500-level event in Rio. Carlitos will be there. Cam Nori. Maybe we'll have a rematch of the final that we saw today. Marseille and Doha as well. Taylor, uh, what do you what do you what do you got your eye on? What are you looking forward to next week? Man, I'm really excited to see Dubai just because it's always so tough to go from a 500 to a thousand. The the level is so high. You're playing the top players and then they're going to be even better players mm. in the following week, which is why it's so difficult Indian Wells to Miami because you're playing 1000 to 1000. You're playing the best players in the world. It's basically like playing two grand slams back to back weeks. So I'm really excited to see the field in Dubai, see how these women are able to adjust to the different conditions. Dubai is probably going to be a little bit warmer, not so much wind. So it's actually going to be easier for the people who played Doha to play in Dubai just because it's going to be not that hard. And if the wind's not swirling and being 50 miles an hour, I think they'll all be happy. So really excited about that. What do you think, Prakash? What are you looking at? Uh, we've talked about him a lot on this show. I got my eyes on Carlos Alcaraz. He looked great coming back from this injury. But last year in Rio, that's, that's when it all started for him. He, mm -hmm. he, he was the youngest player to win a level uh, 500 event since 2009. And that's where it all started for him. So I want to see if that momentum continues. And look, the first week coming back, even though we won the title, 
you're always just a little bit nervous to completely let go because you don't want to pull anything and re-injure yourself. Now he's got to be feeling really good. So scary thought. I'm expecting him to possibly play even better going into that defense. Definitely looking forward to that. Go ahead. Yeah. I just need to say something. Yeah. You're not scared to pull anything because Prakash <laughs> was sliding and moving and maneuvering and lunging, doing his, his highlights. So, you guys didn't see it, but I did. So I just want to let you know. By the way, I love when we do this stand-up here because, you know, then you get to feel the action. Get physical. Thing. Was, you know, you want to demonstrate a little something. I, I I'm walking was, through the highlights. I thought he know? was about to do a tweener himself. I mean, I offered. I didn't really mean it, but I guess he was. So you guys didn't see it, but I just wanted to put it on record. Yeah, we're, we're active while we're doing highlights because we're trying to, you know, we're, we're in the moment, put, Taylor. Get into it. We just in, just in case it. you guys are not aware, there's a lot of energy in this set right now. When we start doing best of the best, TC Live, there's just, there's just a lot going on over here. Lots of muscles as well. You know, lots of, I see you with a little sleeveless over there. That's okay. Flexing on the people. Excellent. Taylor, it's been a great week. We enjoyed listening to you here, having you on the show today. Thank you. When are we going to see you on the court next? I will be in Austin. I'm so excited about that, um, getting back underway after having an amazing time in Australia. So really looking forward to getting back out on the court, playing singles, playing some dubs. We'll be in Indian Wells, Miami, and Charleston. So... <laughs> All right, so we got singles, Austin, Indian Wells as well. You're playing with Layla Fernandez, yes. Indian Wells, and Miami. Miami. Yep. All right, and then we'll see you in Charleston too. Yeah. And we'll be there. I'll, I'll oh, be at Indian Wells. Yeah. He'll be in Miami, and I'll be in Charleston. You, you look like you want to go. You want to go? <laughs> Taylor, look, look, you want to get on the court. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it on the court. I, I can't take you in those heels. But you get on the court, let's do it. All right. All right, thanks everybody for watching TC Live. We got to film our TikTok. Okay. It'll be on the reels okay. later. Today, maybe tomorrow, we'll see. Uh, the champions, Daniil Medvedev, 16th title. He's back inside the top 10. Impressive stuff. Carlitos, three, four months off, back on top of the world. Another title for the Spanish teenager. For Taylor Townsend, Prakash Amitraj, our entire team, I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks so much for joining us all week. But the tennis rolls on. We'll see you back here tomorrow.